alert. All right. Good evening, ladies and gents, kings, queens, things, everyone, and everybody in between. I am Lee from the D back with Shay of Shay's Beauty Diary. There you go. Hey, this is reality I mean, reward. Sometimes I don't. It just depends on the day and how much I've had to drink. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you're like, nigga, you know who the fuck I am. Basically. That's where I don't I'm know here. why. Why you make me say my fucking name? Yes. Um, I could just. I think I'm. I really think I'm gonna start saying random shit. Like, I don't know what, but just random shit. <laughs> there's plenty. There's plenty to read at this point. Um. So we're at. We're at the uh, almost the end of the second episode. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we are currently covering the Lady and the Dale, which is the story of. Um, Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael. And remember, uh, the scam is in the name. The scam is in the name. The scam is in the name. Because Geraldine just... Geraldine was out for herself. Geraldine. Just the name Geraldine in and of itself is scammer. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Like she's selling them prepaid Obama phones. Right. (laughs) Right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No, she, I no Geraldine. I love that name well, we though. But Geraldine, some you know, we talked to, since we did talk about Real Housewives, what two weeks ago now? Um. Oh, Beverly Hills. Yeah. Did you watch The Hustler and the Housewife? I didn't. Um, I yeah. have my own ignorant opinion already made up. I'm just like. <laughs> I mean, there was just a story came out today that his law firm loaned her business $20 million and like she's all over the ledger of like accounts owed or accounts payable or whatever. Exactly. I haven't watched it yet. I don't, I've been so engrossed in this story and I've also reported this story so many times. Go to Crime and Wine. We did a whole episode on Tom Girardi. It's just, I've talked about this story so much. I don't know what this documentary can tell me that I don't already know. Yeah. But I just wondered, had you watched it? Mm, I feel like it probably focuses uh, 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 either equally or less on Tom, more on Erica. Yeah, I think it's more about Erica because why would they include her? Because in reality, like, it's just now kind of coming to light that Erica may know more than what she says, but she's not on trial, Thomas. Ah, yeah. Which is what I said when I covered his crimes it's like yeah we know him because of erica but erica's not on trial thomas yeah not yet um talk about if she if she ends up there she does and then we'll talk about her too just like we talked about jinsha but i at this point i forgot about her ass she's still free she's give us free (laughs) still unarrested she is still unarrested that's what the fuck she said she's still unarrested and she's currently filming with um the lake city as we speak i think they're about wrapped on the season or pretty close to wrapped on season two because they you they should be coming on right when beverly hills goes off the air which means they're about wrapped on season two Right, because they, they usually have two running when, now. They were filming when she got arrested. So now that she's back filming, it should be close to the end. If they're not wrapped yet, they're going to be wrapping very soon. 
because yeah. let's see, we're in episode four or five of Beverly Hills. Um, so given a normal season, it's gonna run about two months. So, um two to three months. Yeah, I feel like it's closer to three. I'm about to say it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna actually I feel like it's closer to about four because it usually well, ends up being like 20 we're, episodes. We're about, a month in. we're about a month in. So you got about two to three more months left of Beverly Hills. Okay. Cause we're on episode four or five. So we're about a month in, maybe even six. Somewhere around it. I don't know. We're about a month into the season because we just got to Erica telling them about her divorce. Okay, I have to go back and watch because I haven't I haven't kept up with it since Crystal Minkoff. Because <laughs> drug sudden through the sand. The sea, the episode through the valley, through tonight. the soil. I think the episode airs tonight. And oh. either tonight or tomorrow, I think it comes on. And this is the first time that they've seen Erica since she told them about her filing for divorce. Well, BET is brave trying to put the encore up against this shit. <laughs> Different people watching this shit. It's very few of us that's overlapping. <laughs> I am, but it's very few of us that's overlapping. And then we they also know most people watch this shit streaming anyway. So anybody watching this shit live, everybody watching it the next day on whatever streaming service they get it on. Yeah. Watch them all on Hulu the next day. The only people that watch it like the day of are probably old people and Older people who just people. happen like to be my home. Mom will watch it the day of. So I'm calling you, girl. Did you see? No, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched. I'm not gonna watch it prior to this weekend. Like I got shit to do. Right. It's like, so we're just at the first time they're talking to her since she announced, since she told them, because she went on a trip with them. That's when Sutton was getting dragged by her stringy ass edges all over Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they went home. And then she sent a text to everybody saying that she filed for divorce after they got back home. Okay. So they haven't, this dinner at, I think at Kyle's house or Sutton's house, one of, I keep, I, I think it's at Sutton's house, but I forgot Sutton is living in Kyle's old house. So it's still Kyle's house because I, yeah, Kyle keeps referring it referring to it as Because Sutton her is renting her, her house while her actual house gets ready yeah so i think the dinner is at kyle's rental home because <laughs> she just keeps referring to it as her house talking about all the shit she did and then when it was her house mm-hmm. you know. it's always oh my house oh it's, it's so like, weird this being is out how of my i house. did it when it was my house and the, you know it's like girl but it's this is the first time they're seeing her since she told them that she was filing for a divorce so this is kind of the first this is the um uh, like kind of round table where they all kind of ask her question, but they don't know about any of the accusations yet. Oh, the ambush conversation. No, this is the well, when did you decide to file? What happened? Blah, That's blah, what blah. I mean, the ambush conversation when they ask you all the fucking questions. Yeah, because they don't know about the charges yet. The charges haven't even come up yet. No, but they know they find that out quickly because we all found that out pretty quickly, right? Yeah, because it was only it was it was only a couple weeks between her filing and the charges. Yeah, and that's why I never really believed. Same. The whole that whole text messages about the judge and all the other shit because that's not Erica's style. So for her to do that, it just it wait. What text messages? 
Oh, when she posted all those screenshots and text messages, like this is the this is judge whoever, and this slut is fucking my husband, and he paying her sex bill and blah 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 blah. All that was it was like she filed for divorce, then she posted all of that shit, and it was like all these screenshots and text messages between Tom and this lady, supposedly, allegedly. And it was like, this is the bitch that's fucking my husband and he's paying her Neiman, her Neiman's bill. That's what it is. He's paying her Neiman's bill and this is that and all this stuff. But I'm like, Erica's not that type of bitch. So why would she be like confusion? She's not the type of bitch to do no shit like that. Like she's not a I'm a air you out on social media type of bitch. No. So that just felt very it felt very much like let me give you let me have a reason in public so if it ever comes up in court this is the reason why because i think three days later is when them charges came it was very quickly because it was like she filed and then i saw them screenshots of her talking about this the bitch that's fucking my husband and then it was like it was less than a week later that i started hearing about them charges Mm mm-hmm so and everybody, I, mm, everybody with any kind of common sense was like, hmm. anybody who's watched Erica long enough, because the thing is, you're getting paid. Like, you don't put your life out like that in a situation in which you're getting paid. So I can't mm-hmm. see putting your business out for free. No, and that was the thing. Right. That was the thing. It was like some something about this definitely uh, if smells you very rotten. You would have held it and aired the bitch out on the platform in which you're getting paid to air a bitch out. Yep, and humiliated and made a coin at the same time. Exactly, because you're too smart for that. Like I can't see you just airing this bitch out on Instagram because you mad. Like you don't operate like that. Mm-hmm. Like she's you're that, not a Kyle. You're not. You're not one of those people. That would be like me airing a bitch out on Instagram. Because y'all know if I ever aired a bitch out on Instagram. You're going to be like, all right, bitch, what is you trying to cover up because of some other shit going on? Because I don't do shit like that. Like, that's just not how I operate. <laughs> Let me tell y'all about this raggedy bitch, Valerie. <laughs> to entertain you hoes. So, therefore, Uh-oh. if I'm an Arab bitch out, I'm an Arab bitch out right here where I'm going to get paid for the shit. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, though. Like, Bravo not, would prefer that. I'm not airing a hoe out for free. The fuck? Like, no. no I- and honestly, that might that could potentially violate your contract. Honestly, with Bravo, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, y'all. For those of you who don't know, we are covering the Lady in the Dale this week in honor of Gay Pride. We picked a slightly contentious um, character from history, Miss yes. Geraldine Elizabeth Carmichael. Once again, the scam is in the name. Uh, last we left, uh, I do believe we were at the Japanese investors. Yes, coming to see the test drive. That's yep. where we that's why. So um at this point, the state of California has um stopped 20th century motor company from selling any options on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Because of that, the revenue used to um help produce the car and pay the staff and provide materials for it was dried up. Yep. Liz and Elastis effort. Um, begins talking to Japanese car makers, which the design of the car makes perfect sense for Japan. Very much so. For Japan, definitely makes like a ton of sense. Yeah. 
like this compact card for like one or two people. This compact three wheel car, because it's mm-hmm. like it's space efficient, it's futuristic, and we know most things coming out of Japan is super futuristic, but also super small and space efficient because they have so many people there. Yeah, it definitely made a ton of sense for the Asian market, whether it's China, Japan, whatever. It makes sense mm-hmm. for those super populated areas in the Asian market. And you know what? The price point makes it very popular for Asian markets as well. Yep. It's like Especially places like Thailand. Everything about it makes it make sense in the Asian markets. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not an American vehicle at all. Mm-mm. Well, if it was working, it's not even a vehicle, be honest. I mean... Well, no, at this moment, well, it's... It moves. It's a doom buggy. It's a doom buggy. It's not a, a street-ready motor vehicle. It's very much a dune buggy. But it's, mm-hmm. it's a dune buggy with a shell. It is. Um, it's, so, it's, it's literally for, like, off-roading in the dunes. That's what this is about. Because mm-hmm. there's no way in, like, real street traffic this would work. No, Even you would die. In street traffic, this wouldn't work. Like, you would absolutely die. You and everybody in the car with you would die. I don't know. You listen to Liz. Remember, she said she drove this goddamn car into a brick wall at 30, 40, as well as 50 miles an hour. Only had she superficial damage outside of a scratched face and a bloody nose. And I was just like, what? And then she said she oh. drove it into the ocean. Yeah. Bitch. And then I, when she said that, so the, this just shows where my mind goes. I thought about that Jennifer Lopez Fiat commercial. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, how did we get to Jennifer Lopez? So, I don't remember how many years ago, but Jennifer Lopez did a Fiat commercial, and all these Fiats was coming, like, out the water in, like, Italy and shit, and they're, like, driving all these Fiats out the water, and there's, like, this weird street party of Fiats happening, and it was weird. Could this have possibly been two before 2008? Because if so... Uh, I- don't, the estate of Liz Carmichael is on 5%. Is I don't 5%. remember when this was. I know it was around a World Cup. Oh, okay. And you know what? This is probably before she... This is be, probably before Jennifer went back to being Jenny from the block. Remember that? Either before or after It was that. after, because it was after Ben Affleck the first time, not the remix, because that's okay. right now. But you did not say the remix. Jennifer, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the remix. That's what's going on now. But uh, for tonight, I think she uh, might have been with A Rod, but I think it was early in the A Rod days when this happened. Okay, I will say this about Jennifer Lopez: she is she is beautiful. She's she beautiful. is Mama talented. She's, she's not the best singer, but she put on a goddamn show. She's entertaining. She's very entertaining. Like she puts on, she gives you a fucking spectacle. Talented is something else, but she's entertaining. No, she, she's a dancer. She's da- she's very talented. Okay, she is. A and you know what? She's not a, a too bad of an actress either. Oh, I'm about to say, bitch! If you say singer, I'll punch you in your shit. Oh no, I wouldn't go go there. Look, I'm gonna give you your roses. Singing on all them songs, and then. We pretend like it's her when she decided to jump out and lip sync for two lines and dance the whole way through. Because that bitch don't never sing on stage. And why does everything always end with let's get loud? (laughs) Like every time. 
<laughs> Let's get loud. It's always the last goddamn song. song. So she don't have to sing it. She just yell it. <laughs> Brooklyn did a, a her her dance recital was to Let's Get Loud. What gay teacher put these kids, poor kids up here? <laughs> it was the her her Hispanic tap teacher had them doing Let's Get Loud and tap dance in tap class. <laughs> That's really cute. It was irritating when they was practicing because I'm like, because oh. it was like a pandemic, so the shit was virtual. So she's tap dancing to "Let's Get Loud" in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in Drag Race lip sync hell. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. No, he'd have to go. Like, sir, we we were. We're not gonna do this. Let's get get loud. Okay? I was like, I would rather. I preferred the chipmunk shit when y'all did that last year. Like, I'll take that yeah. over this. You give me these hips, don't lie. Just let's not do. Let's get loud. Let's I will see you when up. the world opens up and I can walk away from the building. Again, I'll take the chipmunk shit y'all did the year before. <laughs> <sighs> um. Okay. So Japanese investors show up to 20th Century Motor Car Company's uh, site in a casino. Um, one of the employees who worked holler. in Do you huh? the people hollering. What the fuck are they hollering about? Those are my chi- my children. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about people outside. No, they are outside. Those are my children hollering outside. <laughs> Open that window. Hey! <laughs> it is open because it gets hot in here, but I didn't realize they were like right on the like right out here. So I can like definitely both hear. taking them out for a walk or something. They're just outside playing because their friends live in the building, so they're outside playing for the kids in the building. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah. both of them? Yeah. Oh damn! Look, all right. I she mean, def- you know, she grown. She be out here. She. I just- was about to say she really is like a, a, just a <laughs> old man. Going, she, oh, I'm just seeing what you was doing. She's right. an unreal person. She be just out here trying to trying to climb trees and shit. I'm like, your legs not long enough. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> uh, Japanese investors, let's go. Let's get through this. I was gonna say you might want to put a little like inflatable something on her as she gets older. She's gonna be climbing trees and shit. They both um, climb the tree and jump out. That's what they do. No. Um, okay, so Japanese investors um, finally show up. Uh, the young man who's throughout, I can't think what his name is right now. Um, he worked in the design department. Yeah, um, I can't, his name is escaping me, but yes. Well, he is talking about how there were at least like five or six cars of people that pull up. Yeah. And the excitement and the energy that's in the air, the feeling of, that the 20th century motor car company is going to get revived and they're going to be able to put together this dream car this goal that they've had um you you feel this energy throughout like throughout like i said the air um this asshole which i don't know if he was really i'm i'm conflicted um his name is richard something um i know that he was an asshole because he did what needed to be done like he i I mean, he could have let them rock, but at the same time, it's like the shit don't really work. So, what are we doing? I mean, look at Fords. Were they frequently operated on while driving? Some stupid shit like that. I'm not saying again. 
he could have let them rock, but at the I would kind of wish he did. The shit didn't work. Like it's just what it is. Like well, I'm so too him an asshole for showing y'all that the shit y'all about to pay for it don't work. <laughs> I'm gonna call him an asshole because in the process of uh, this test drive, he purposely gets someone of a bigger size than him. Yeah. Knowing that, hold on though, knowing that that back wheel, the only thing that was wrong with the motion of that was that back wheel needed to be tightened up. And that mm-hmm. was something the other engineer said at the end. And I was like, oh, you're mad because Liz didn't make you lead engineer and you were Yeah, dead. it's like he he definitely did it out of spite. Yeah, like his reason wasn't he out of tried like, to, He tried to justify it. Like he found a valid reason later to justify it because it's like, well, I wanted people to see that it really didn't work and they didn't know what they was paying for. But it was wholly because he was spiteful at the fact that he wasn't right. made engineer. Yes. Like, what do you mean it, I'm not lead engineer? She's like, we exactly. already got a shop manager. Back the fuck down. Like, so I mean, he was he was vindictive, but I still won't call him an asshole because it's like, I mean, because had he been lead engineer, he probably would have said we can't do this test drive until we fix this shit over here. Like, it's very true. That's also very true too. Had he so been lead engineer, they might have had like a vehicle, an like a working vehicle. He seemingly knew more than the person who was made lead engineer anyway. He just was vindictive because he was mad. Right, and at that point, you should have just left. You should just yeah. find your ass a new job, but you stayed because the money was good. But you stayed because the money was good. This. And now the money has run out, and yep. the company's relying upon these investors, and now you want to take this thing the fuck out of here. And now Vintage you want to burn shit down because you're angry that you didn't get made lead investor. I mean, well, engineer. So in the process of the test drive, um, the car, because he had, Hans was the engineer's name. <laughs> Richard, that's what it was, Richard and Hans. Um, Hans was a larger Eastern European man. He had him on one side of the vehicle. They were driving faster than was to be expected. And he went to, he went to turn. And it popped it up onto two wheels. Onto two wheels, yeah. It was up on the one side because it was about to mm-hmm. put the fuck over. And they make it out alive. <laughs> That's horrible to say. Uh, yeah, they make it out of the test drive alive. Um, with Liz is fuming. Liz is is just indignant at this point because, as she so delightfully says, I just saw an abortion on three wheels happen. Yeah, which that made me uncomfortable, but you know. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's a feeling. I was like, is that the, those are the the words we chose? Like, that was the sentiment? It went nothing else, huh? Just, those are the words. All right. Right. Thanks, pro-life, Liz. We we see more and more as the series goes on, which is why I keep referencing Ayn Rand. Yeah. Um, and they actually bring it up. Uh, but we'll get there. Um, so Liz being dismayed at this slightly dismayed continues to talk to everyone and try to keep everyone on board in the hopes of more investors coming right they're also at the same time trying to move the headquarters from encino california to dallas texas because dallas has um uh, less regulations as well as being invited by the governor Mm so in the process of um, packing up, it was it was actually the day that the kids were the kids. Everyone was supposed to be going to Dallas. Um, the 
the ending shot we see for this episode, it, it, it was that cool, really cool Angela Anaconda animation again. Yeah. But it's like the family in two cars riding to Dallas and Candy, the um, one daughter that we actually see through this, is uh, recounting her story of like being in the car with Vivian. Remember Aunt Vivian, y'all. Um, who and ex, who was their mother, but now who was their mother? Yeah, yeah. Um, but now it Aunt still Vivian, bothers me, but it's not my with wife. their other aunt too. Yeah, like they never talk. They mention her sister like twice through this, and this is the one, the first moment I want to say. Yeah. Um. So with Aunt Vivian driving, and they hear over the radio that someone's been shot at the 20th Century Motor Car Company. Everybody instantly thinks that it's Liz. They pull over, they stop. They're trying to get together a game plan and they decide, you know, we have to continue on to Dallas. So mm -hmm. we got to stick to the plan. So they stick to the plan because I, and honestly, like leading the life that they led, like. It was very much like, it, it, I, we can't stop for nobody. You can't, if you get left behind, you just get left behind. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, as far as too, like, we don't know what the fuck's going on back here, so we just got to keep them pushing. Exactly. It was like and if Liz is good, Liz then this will be there. Like we can't afford to. Yeah. So they get to Dallas, um, and everyone's ecstatic because guess who's there in the kitchen? Liz, mom. <laughs> we that find out. Me off. I was like, bitch. So you done made them drive and hopped your ass on the flight to get there because you knew you was about to do some wild shady shit back over here. So, like, right. Okay, so that's actually, I'm glad you said that. Um, so Liz sends the kids and Vivian and Vivian's sister in two cars from California mm -hmm. to Texas, right? Yep. Liz decides to fly. And Which one of her bodyguards. Hmm? That's not a, a quick drive. So like it's not at not all. Like they was driving like it ain't like from California to Vegas. And depending on where you at in California, that shit ain't quick either. But right. You're talking in the 70s with the the miles per hour these cars were getting, you're talking like a two, three day drive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that shit ain't the shit wasn't sweet with kids. Like and let's be frank. None of these cars were the Dale. So they were only hitting maybe 15 miles. They're getting gallon. 15, 20 miles per gallon on the highway. So they got to stop every maybe, like, they stop at every half hour minutes. So for gas. Like, they talking two, three days, and you got kids, so you got to stop to pee, you got to stop to eat. They going to have to stop to sleep. Like, uh -huh. this is a multi-day trek. This ain't no quick-ass, like, fast six, seven, eight-hour drive. Like, you're not doing this shit in one day. <laughs> Um, so Liz did end up actually flying out of LA to Dallas. Um, this just so happens to be the same day that, uh, one of her bodyguards is killed in the showroom. Mm -hmm. So the story goes that, uh, Bill, that was his name. Yes. Bill and Jack, um, were roommates in a San in prison in San Quentin, right? Yeah. Bill and Jack come out. Um, they both end up becoming Liz's quote unquote drivers, or everybody else knew them as being bodyguards. Yeah. Well, Bill was giving uh, the idea of, of, of assassinating one of the investigators to put a stall on the investigation that was happening revolving around the security frauds that was being committed there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jack wanted no part of it. 
Bill and Jack somehow start tussling over a gun and somehow Jack, Bill, I'm sorry, is shot four times by Jack. Yes. And they were wrestling over the gun. Yes. How does somebody get shot four times wrestling over the gun? <laughs> and this, once again, this also happens to be the day that Liz flew to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Meaning that the kids and Vivian left before, and Liz like landed the same day that they got there. Um, yeah, that whole girl, that whole thing was just. <sighs> so now everybody's in in Dallas at this point, and the Dale investors begin to show up, wanting their money back or wanting their car, wanting something for their time and troubles. Um, all the employees at this point are in Dallas, including Liz and the family. And Liz, at the same time, is also getting a lot of like television coverage, right? She's getting a lot of interviews. She's back on the covers of newspapers. Um, the DA has some questions regarding the car, considering what he claimed to have been the scam being pulled off in Chicago. So he goes and he checks it out and he essentially says, this is nothing more than like an oversized shark. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 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 You said and Siri started talking and it was like, Who was that? It was my home pod. I be forgetting to unplug it when we record. Because you say certain stuff, she'll start talking. <laughs> Who did she start playing? Oh, um, clips, I think. But oh, she bitch. didn't start saying what a, a, a confidence scheme was. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, see, that's why I'm already too skittish. Did he leave? Yeah, he left. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. I don't want him popping out and scare me again. But they just came in, so it got a little loud. Oh. Um. Okay. So the DA in Dallas um, goes and checks out the car, says it's, it's not a car, it's a toy model kit. It's just an oversized version of one of those. Mm-hmm. So he decides to file charges against Liz for the conspiracy to commit grand theft, amongst yeah. other charges. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, all the higher-ups, all the executives of 20th Century decide they're going to have a meeting. Um, they're at they're closing accounts. <laughs> so Candy says that the last guy to show up was one of the salesmen, salesmen and mm-hmm. he had just close out their last account. They're dividing up the money. Um, they all went their separate ways. Liz told old man Sam, the gentleman that was essentially like a father figure to Liz, yeah, um, you do what you got to do. Yeah. You know, and to take care of himself. Ten minutes later, Candy says the family was on the fucking run. <laughs> they were on yeah. the lamb. They were part of the lamely lamely. They were. They it was, was the emancipation me. of me, me. they said why don't we get the fuck out (laughs) (laughs) Um, and in that first like first couple of days of them leaving five executives end up getting booked (laughs) (laughs) so cops got arrest warrants and search warrants to go and check out the Carmichael home um, where they find multiple types of women's clothing, as well as what I'm assuming is like gaffs or tucks and like body padding. Um, yeah. I just wrote her transition gear and literature. Um, 
Oh, they also find the they find paperwork and letters linking her to a utility company in Indianapolis. Yeah, and that's how they trace. They find her male identity. Um. So it's 1975. They end up finding Vivian's brother at work, Mm -hmm. and the cops think that Robert knows where she is and of course robert does and he stands there firm but he he pops it for a second but then he that nigga gets it, it, in. it down he was, he was trying to hold it down but he, he eventually gave in because <laughs> they're like yeah we already talked to your wife we know you lying and he had already previously talked about how how bad like the goings on of vivian and elizabeth were within his relationship with his wife because you know she was sick of the fucking antics Mm-hmm. It's like these niggas is always running fucking scams. They're always asking us for fucking money. You know she was over it. And so she was singing like a goddamn like that Cageberg song. Yes. Um. Yes. Very much like I don't want nothing else to do with this. Like we are done. <laughs> I don't want none of this. Leave me alone. Well, cops. Um, these same officers actually from Dallas. By the way, I should have mentioned that. Um, end up getting called back to Dallas. And at the same time, Dick Carlson is finding out about the glass that was stolen from her, uh, from Liz's garage, for the 20th century garage. Mm-hmm. Um, so a glass was confiscated, stolen by a, an employee, stolen. an informant, and passed on to Dick Carlson, who passed it on to the police who ran it for fingerprints and found fingerprints matching um, Jerry D. Michaels, who we know as Liz Carmichael. And um, they were from when she jumped bail back in 1961. Mm-hmm. So Dick finds out that Liz is trans. But the, okay, so this is where it got complicated. Really fucked for me. up. So, okay, because I was, you know, I wasn't really on Liz's side up until because I was like, this bitch is scamming and scamming and scamming. Yeah. I can't, I did I wasn't adverse, but I just wasn't on her side. But when we get to this point, this is where shit got weird and like a little fucked up for me because it's like now we're at the point where y'all not even prosecuting because of the crimes. Y'all yeah, prosecuting because of the gender. A trans person. That's exactly what it was. And that's literally all this is about because y'all consistently misgender. Y'all consistently making a point to say, oh no, this is a man. And then putting her in a man's prison. And then doing, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's like it's nothing to do with any crimes that were committed at that time or prior. It's all about the fact, like, how dare you decide to transition? Mm-hmm. And especially in Dick Carlson's case, as we see um, later on, and it it becomes a familial transition, God damn it, a familial tradition. Um, And that will be explained in just a little bit as well, but you can put your two, if you're smart, you can can figure it out very easily. Uh, But Dick finds out about Liz's transition and decides to still run the story but not tell management because he knew management would shut it the fuck down. Exactly. But instead, he decided to go against the wishes of management as well as the, as the station and the station owner. Um, and he outs her. 
on live news. Yeah, and the fact that that was okay at that time. Yeah. Like, ew. This is how this man built his career. And it's not the first time. And it wasn't the last. Yeah. So we've kind of time skip a little bit to April of 1975 and the family is finally settled in Miami. Yeah. Um, Liz and Vivian's son, Brian, says he keeps seeing a strange van and Candy remarks about seeing the mail truck again for the second time and Liz and Vivian look at each other. Liz, when I tell you, Liz got up and abandoned everybody. She beat it. She fucking you left. Said, everyone. You know what? I'm not doing any of this here. No. Get the fuck on. Like, I'm not she doing She got the of fuck out. <laughs> she got the fuck out and left everybody. Um, and then Candy was talking about, like, oh my God, how dare they come into the home of a nonviolent criminal with guns drawn? Do you know what that has done to kids? And I massively rolled my eyes. Oh, same. I was just like, bitch, leave me alone. Like, could you keep, you could have kept that to yourself. We're only here for the story of your mother. Um, yeah, Liz, Liz runs out. A police, I, I didn't get this either, though, because the police raided the place, right? Why didn't the kids get put in child protective services? Because the, because the police didn't have a warrant for the other custodial parent. Okay, that makes because sense. Because they had a warrant for this for Jerry Dean Michaels was that his name that was because yeah. the warrant was for Jerry Dean Michaels which then they then transitioned the warrant into being for Geraldine Carmichael. Carmichael but because they didn't have a warrant for Vivian they couldn't arrest Vivian they could harass her which they always which they do did. when they raid people's houses but if you only have a warrant for one of the custodial parents, you can't then take the, the kids because you don't even know if that other parent actually lives there. I was wondering about that because they, they only mentioned Vivian the one moment of like Liz and Vivian looking at each other before the police begin to raid. But yeah. after that, they don't mention Vivian. Anymore. Because the thing is, Vivian is not really involved because there's nothing tying Vivian to any of this. But also, they don't know for sure that Vivian and Liz are even still together. They just know that was the last known address for the person that they're looking for. Okay. Um, well, the kids the next day are sitting there discussing like uh, what happened and what their next move are gonna, is going to be and what life is going to, I guess, look like for them moving forward. And out of nowhere, Liz comes out from behind the curtain and says goodbye to the kids. And they're trying their best to be quiet and whisper. And yet again, the cops kick down the door and they, they arrest Liz. Yeah. And they extradite Liz back to L.A. But before she goes back to L.A., um, Dallas cops actually fly down to Florida to interview her. Mm-hmm. And one of the officers looks at Liz and goes, Liz, what should you do with that $10 million? Really, it was $6 million, right? And Liz looks at him and goes, what what ten million dollars? It was I only three million. I don't know what you're talking about. It was only three million. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they and I had already I have always heard this term, but didn't know what it was and what the root root of it was. Um, mm-hmm. They talk about Liz's transition um, in Mexico, um, specifically about how she went down with Candy and one of the other children in order to get her breast implants done and the then common practice of going to 
Mexico to have your testicles removed. Yeah. And then coming back to the U.S. and finding a plastic surgeon to help you um, transition the rest of the way. And they call it the Tijuana two-step, which I was like, yeah. that's what that is? Yes, that's what that is. I thought that was just some old nigga nanny bullshit. <laughs> Actually, to be perfectly honest, I thought it was kind of bigoted. <laughs> I thought it was a little bigoted. But all right, we learned. Um, but yeah. Liz thought that even despite the crime and her being arrested, she said she was going to be a trailblazer, which she was in theory. She was Um, in a lot of ways. (laughs) I just wrote, Dick continues to be a morbidly obese transphobe who's close to death. I hated him so much. I think I hated hated him him so much. I hated Liz. I hated him so much. I hated him so much because it was like the pride in which you said that you purposely misgendered this person multiple times was so gross. And like, it It was was so, so it was self-gratifying. And so like, oh, you're the reason why old white men get on my nerves. Like old white men like you annoy the fuck out of me. Any man who refers to a therapist as being a shrink yeah it is done for me there's no reason for me to ever communicate with you yeah um so kabc which was the um la affiliate of abc at this time goes on a all-out transphobic war and in nothing more than the pursuit of outing liz and her past very much like it wasn't even, it was very much like, oh, this man in a wig that was wearing a wig to avoid the police and da 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 da. Yeah. So it was not, it's and it's, it's like, super that. It was, it's very much here is this man in a wig who to was a criminal. This transition as nothing yep. more than a criminal hiding from justice. Yep. Like, so it just, it really completely like dismisses the entire like all the emotional turmoil and struggle that go with transitioning to this is just somebody who was trying to hide from paying for what they did. And the wild part about it is for about three seconds in the beginning of this, I thought like, did this person transition to hide from crimes? I mean, no shade. I thought it too, because the criminal history was just too much. But then I was like, it didn't take long for me to realize, no, this person transitioned because they want to transition because they kept doing crimes. Like, you're not going to transition to hide from crimes to continue to do crime. Like, it's right. And then also in listening to everybody that that was around them and talking, it was like, no, they transitioned because they genuinely wanted to transition. That had nothing to do with whatever crimes they may have been committed, but to reduce this person's trans identity to a costume to hide from police was just gross. And I think to, and this actually, it comes up later. Um, actually, no, it comes up now. What was put on trial was Liz's identity, her, very not much her gender identity, not her crimes. Not the car. And Liz- It was, it was all about the gender identity and nothing, nothing at all about the crime of selling options for a car that didn't exist or mm-hmm. any other crimes committed prior to the transition. This was 100% the, tri- the trial of being trans in 1970-whatever. And I really feel like Liz thought that this car was going to become 
a thing. Like, I, I think, think she, I really feel like she had believe. a real belief that she it's really going to be real. In what this car was, it wasn't, she didn't set out this time. I don't think she set out to scam people. But I think once the scam had, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like a scammer gonna scam to get through to something legit, right? Yeah, like the dope trade. Right. So I think that she really thought this was going to eventually turn into something legit, even if her means of getting it there weren't necessarily legit. Mm-hmm. It's just that she didn't know how to get out of the scam once it didn't turn into something legit. And knowing, too, that like Liz, so the 20th Century Motor Car Company is the motor car company from Atlas Shrugged. Is the train company from Atlas Rug? Yeah. And knowing that she constantly references like Fountainhead, Ayn Rand, she constantly talks about these libertarian values. All of this makes sense as to like Liz not thinking that this was a scam at all. Right. It's like this ain't a scam. Y'all are just getting in my way. Y'all are just not here yet and y'all don't understand. Hey. So Sorry, really, is it here? She wants strawberries. Hi. <laughs> Oh, now she wants something. She came in before. It was like, what up, nigga? Oh, nothing. She brought me the strawberries so I can give her one. Oh, all right. She said, hey, you. She definitely brought the thing of strawberries. It's like, um, you going to do this? Thank she, you. Because she don't she don't eat it if it has the leaves on it. So I took the leaves off so she can eat the strawberries. Oh, I know. That's right. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. But OK, go ahead. Continue. So, yeah, I really believe that Liz, like, thinks that this car company is going to be a yeah, real thing. No, in her mind, this was a legitimate <laughs> business. She just didn't have to follow your rules to make to it get there. according to what you believed. And I feel like, too, if this wasn't, if this really was her scamming, she wouldn't have been nearly as vocal in the attempts to like, I'm going to crush the big three. Right. Like she didn't, she just is like, this isn't a scam. This is a real thing that can genuinely go somewhere. But at the same time, I don't have to follow your rules. And you know what? Somebody actually quoted her. I think it was the young guy who worked as the designer in the design department. He quoted Liz as saying, I'll be legal, but just. And he was like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. But that kind of was what her mentality was, which should be quote unquote legal but just. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> my notes: Dick pulls a Tasha, a Tasha K using Liz for clout. <laughs> uh, so Dick ends up running the story, a few stories actually, about um, Liz Carmichael and her transition. He then discusses it clicks back to present day and he discusses about um, feeling like their family dynamics, just how it wasn't normal for Aunt Vivian to just give up her name and let Liz be mom. And they were people, people who would think that this would be normal are sick. Um, Yeah. So Dick, Dick is a dick. Um, Dick is a transphobic dick. We find out, too, that he works for Reagan. He worked for Reagan in the Voices of America, which makes perfect sense and falls completely and utterly in line with his, like, values. And I really think at the day, like, this ends up being that that kind of thing with, like, white queers and, like, white cisgendered straights, where it's, like, it's this one thing that separates me from my success. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. You get where I'm going? Because both but, Liz so and I both really Dick have this it. level of entitlement and stewed within them. Um, but we'll we'll get more into that too. All right. So Liz is taken back to LA. The kids are left in Miami with Vivian, no money. Um, Vivian, desperate to get back home to LA, ends up doing an interview for five hundred dollars. Uh, they end up putting Liz in the men's central jail on March 7th. Uh, we find this out via a letter from Vivian to Liz. I'm sorry, from Vivian to her sister, wrong sister. So Liz was taken out of lockup to go to pill call. She was escorted by a guard. Um, they usually take the, it was the, their usual route from the 13th to the 14th floor. Um, Liz had a blue band on, which meant well, quote unquote, a woman in a men's jail and candy added, stay away. Mm-hmm. Liz realizes that the deputy is no longer with her. So she's all alone. And all of a sudden she is popped in the forehead. Um, not popped, assaulted, hit in the forehead. Yes. Her head is bleeding um, so much so that she, the blood is in her eyes so she can't defend herself. And she is beaten up. Um, the photos are of her with two very horrific black eyes, um, a gash on her head. Um, and when she's brought into court, because it, it, it's the official reading of the charges, mm-hmm. um, everyone gasped. Like everybody gasped. So the charges are read for the defendant. And then we meet Velma and Kit. Velma's Velma's an old black lady. And I'm going to tell you this. Had Velma minded her business? Because Velma got involved a little too much for my liking. Velma did. Like, I was just like, what are we doing here? So Velma starts off by saying, well... I didn't want to be on the jury. And I told the judge, I don't want to do this. And the judge tells me that he is the boss and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do it. So I did it. And then we get a couple of minutes of like this woman named Kit inaudibly like speaking and (laughs) raising her arms. A lot of this was like, why aren't you just minding your business? (laughs) <laughs> Kit was like, well, I was born here. Yeah, lady, he was like, well, I was a, I was a school teacher and a preacher's wife, so I don't understand why. Is that what she said? I was trying to read it, but I was kind of high, and I was like, this bitch. Yeah, it was something I, like I, I was up. a school teacher or something. I don't understand why I would have been on this, this jury. So um, Liz actually ends up requesting a jury trial, which honestly was probably the best move for her. Um, Everyone else turned that idea down. Liz felt like the prosecutor, her public defender, were arms of the big government and they were sent after her because she was going up against what and who? The big three. Yeah. So she ends up spending 14 months in jail before the beginning of her trial. And she spends this time like learning law and attempted to actually defend herself. Um, In the process of doing this, Liz is also giving interviews from jail. Liz is like 
playing the PR angle. That's the one thing she's always done very well. Liz could play the fuck out of PR and her skills were, they weren't used, like she didn't utilize her skills. P, let's be honest, PR is like the ultimate scam or one of the mm. ultimate scams. It is. Oh, very much so. I mean, crafting crafting an image to the public in order for you to be able to relate to the public. Fuck out of here. Um, but Chrissy, I'm sorry, not Chrissy. Liz actually talks about Christine Jorgensen, which was um, one of the first trans women to, I don't want to say fame, um, to be known like worldwide. But the difference between someone like a Liz versus a Christine Jorgensen, Christine is more of, has more uh, effeminate features. Yeah. And she is more waif-like as opposed to Liz, who is a, a larger, fuller figure gal. Like she's a tall girl. Liz is 6'2". Yeah, saying that. That was the thing. She's a tall girl. Throughout the whole thing, they're like, yeah, we just thought she was a big woman. <laughs> that was the first episode. Um. So as we said, the hearing was all about like really Liz's identity. It was all about Liz, Liz's identity being on trial. It was roughly about nine months, which at the time was one of the longest trials in LA history and was quickly kicked out of the way by the OJ Simpson trial, but neither here nor there. Uh, Liz was turning looks. Yes, I wanted everything, everything. Mama was turning fucking goddamn looks she was giving you looks during the interviews uh liz definitely was using also her uh power of the press and one of the guys asked her say where's the money she said what money liz is playing the game <laughs> she was on the games so in the process so the trial starts right and because liz has turned down having a public defender be the lead of her case she still has one as her co-counsel but she doesn't have one that's in the lead. She's given the opportunity to cross-examine all witnesses. Mm -hmm. Examine and cross-examine. Well, employees of the 20th, 20th Century Car Company, we're just going to call it that now because that's all I can think of. Yeah. Uh, these niggas was on the stand crying talking about we go to the end of earth with you, Liz. They all did nothing more than say, like, sing Liz's praises in the midst they of They all was like, trial. oh, no, she's that bitch. I don't know what y'all thought, like. Right, like, she is, she is a visionary, and we are here for her. Well, the jury requests to go inspect the deal, and the deal, rightfully so, because it's been sitting for the last, so 14 months plus, oh, my God, math is hard, 20 you said math is hard. Three months. <laughs> <laughs> that simple math is hard. So for roughly about two years, the deal has been sitting. Yes. Because the 14 months in jail and then the nine months of her like trial. Mm. So they go and they, they check it out. And rightfully so, it looks beaten up. It looks rotted. It looks dirty. Um, the DA made sure that there was like no cleaning up this car. The, and refused to actually acknowledge to these people that this wasn't supposed to be the actual vehicle. This was just a mock car. It was a mock car. It was the same mock car that they would put on the pedestal back in LA. Uh, Velma bitch ass being fucking nosy decides she gonna call under the goddamn car. Who asked you Who for asked that mess? You jump your ass up under there, you nosy bitch. Nobody asked you 
to get under there to try to be all involved in that manner, you hating ass, nosy ass, raggedy ass bitch. <laughs> she like, I got under the car and I saw some wire that looked like Bailey wire. So I got out and I said, this is bailing wire used for bailing hay. I was like, you wouldn't know about bailing hay. You, you would know about bailing hay, you raggedy hoe. Like, why would you even hate that ass bitch? You ain't had no reason to get your raggedy country hate Not a single reason to get under the goddamn car. Not a single reason. They, mm-hmm. You already opened it up to see that there was nothing in there. Case closed. We're done. Exactly. Like, why are we still here then? Bitch, you underneath the goddamn car pulling wires off. Now, what if you, you know what? You saw this car was fake and it was put together all shittily. What if you would have pulled one of them wires out and that car would have fell on your ass? Exactly. With your dumb ass. Why you just hating for no fucking reason? Girl, your genealogy's history would not have been bright. Because you would have been injured. Dumb bitch. Okay. Anyway, after Velma gets her ass involved and by pulling wires out of places that she shouldn't be touching to begin with, um, Dick comes back into the story and he talks about how he's asked to um, testify in the case. Well, Liz, being her own representative, is given the chance to cross-examine Dick. Uh, Also, too, at the same time, there's a rumor that Liz put a, a hit out on Dick. Yes, I heard that too. And the DA. And I was like, this, if she did, she's an icon. But also, because I kind of wanted to head out on Dick at this point. But also, the Awful, fact that terrible man. I don't understand how Dick wasn't held in contempt of court, seeing as how the judge kept correcting him when he kept misgendering her. I have nobody that in my said notes. nothing. Because I, I don't see how he wouldn't, because my black ass would have been held in contempt of court. Yes, you would have. Because you're directly disobeying the judge's order repeatedly. Repeatedly, that's in my notes. Like gleefully disrespecting the judge's whole ass order about what the fuck you supposed to be doing right here. Right. Well, with this hitman, um, the hitman's actually picked up on a lesser charge and give the story about being paid. Uh, It was like what about roughly about twenty five thousand dollars total for each hit. Yeah. Um. Which also says, because if y'all listen to Crime and Wine two weeks ago, we talked about Ray Caruth, which is why I go on and on about how cheap Ray Caruth's hitman was. <laughs> how, how much was his hitman? Um, 5000 Damn, that's cheap. You he, know who's cheap? Who's Bob Bashir? His hitman was real cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I think that nigga did it for like $200 and a 12 pack of crispy greens. And a pack of Schlitz. <laughs> <laughs> It was some Salem lights, a Schweppes ginger ale, <laughs> some pork rinds, and a couple of specials. You hear me talking about how cheap Ray Caruth's hitman was. Also, Ray Caruth was there, and the hitman had two other niggas with him. It was a mess. This shit was set up to fail from jump. Why? <laughs> because like, yeah, there, there's no such thing as a, well, no, there are such things as professional hitman, but yo, you niggas can't afford them. But he also was there and the hitman had two other niggas in the car with him. This is why I say there are that's not professional. <laughs> this is why. You niggas can't afford professional hitmen. Stop hiring people. Oh, that nigga was in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because this has now been is being attempted to be introduced as evidence into Liz's case, 
Um, the judge says, I can't hear any more of this. It's, it's, the judge is speaking to the DA. Mm -hmm. the judge says, I can't hear any more of this list has to be here because she is the defense attorney. She is the representation for the defense. So Liz comes in and they get to talking and the hitman says, Liz! <laughs> One, two, three, four, Liz! This nigga said, I'm not saying a thing. He right. said, hush, hush, quiet down now. Voices carry. <laughs> <laughs> it all boils down to like the my light bill. <laughs> 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 uh, this pretty much boils down to evidence and accounts being painted. Um, Dick is still called to sit on the stand, and throughout the process, we were talking about that he continuously refers to Liz with um, male and masculine pronouns of, a, of his own volition because he feels like he deserves to be able to do so despite the judge's direct order. Who, he's a raging dickhead who is quite and feels like he can do what the fuck he wants to do and completely and totally disrespect everybody around him because he's white. Right. Um, so, well, speaking of people who just got too, got too nosy and shit. So, back to Kit. <laughs> right. I was like, why did y'all talk to her? Like, I had to keep quiet so I could hear She can't her. talk. That's why, why I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I, yes, the bitch was going to agree because she's bored and lonely. But why did y'all talk to her? It's like, bitch, you sound like a broken car. It's like, you, you sound like Fidel. That's why y'all can't fucking put captions on this shit. I don't know what the fuck she's saying. Like, my, I, I have a sound bar on my television. Anybody who has a soundbar know how loud those motherfuckers are. I have a soundbar too. I turned that shit up to like 22 and still couldn't understand what the fuck this bitch was saying. Look, I was not going to give the long-winded road of the voice all, all that sound and volume in my home. So she could just do that louder. I was trying to understand. I was like, maybe if I turned it up a little louder, I did that American shit. Like, if it's louder, maybe I can understand. <laughs> you can hear it, understand it. <laughs> well, Kit wasn't minding her own business and apparently ran into Liz while going to the bathroom. And yes. she decides, I'm going to check and see and which her, way her feet go. See, that's and she's surprised that Liz's shit. feet go that way. When it's like, bitch, why are you worried about how this bitch go piss? Like, and this just shows like how, how <laughs> ignorant this shit was for real, because it's like, you're literally saying, I'm going to see which way you sit to take a piss. Right. I need to define you as being a woman so in my I head. I need to define how to judge you. Yeah, it's just another it's just another thing about like Liz's gender being on trial versus her scamming of it, the car. Right. Well, it it's the scam of her gender in conjunction with the scam of the car. Exactly. Because this whole thing, this whole trial was about her trans identity and not about any financial crimes or any like mm -hmm. aversion of fiduciary responsibility or anything like that. Fiduciary. I've been drinking, but I want to make sure I said that word right. <laughs> you like fudge shot fuck you niggas you know what i mean i know what the shit means bitch i'm not <laughs> it's, it's fiduciary responsibility 
I have just had tequila. So sometimes when I say that word after I've been drinking, it comes out fiduciary, which is not proper. No, it just sounds like a like a, a fancy form of focaccia. Yes. Um, so Liz, throughout the whole process of all of this, is actually, she's staying on message and she keeps driving it back to this being the government coming after her because she was going to take on the big three and she had this car that was going to save the world. Yeah, when in reality it was coming after her because she was trans. Yeah. Um, so roughly about one week into actual deliberations, Velmo, tired ass, decides to get involved yet again, being fucking nosy, worrying about people, how they spend their money and how they get the things that they get. Yeah, well, um, they, well, they got a dick or not, because she all in business, ain't got shit to do with her. Right. I wish you sit down. I see that lump in your pants. You know what, Velma? That was the other yeah. thing. It was like, I want you to put your leg down. I'm tired of seeing that lump in your pants. Why are you looking at Bitch, her crotch? That, that's the exact same thing. Why you were looking you there. On her fucking crotch. Because that I can is tell you, it. I have been in the room with many a people. And I have never been so focused on their crotch. I don't hear what they're saying. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this. I have been, I have looked at many a person's crotch and focused on it to the point where I did not hear a damn thing they said. But these are people I want to fuck. I'm about to say, but that's only if I actually want to be close and involved with that crotch, not because that is it. It's because you I were want too busy trying to do a personal fact. It's not because this person's crotch makes me uncomfortable. She, Velma is just. Okay, it's raggedy and oh, raggedy. The wild part is, I have never disliked a black woman so much. Okay. <laughs> and this is the only black woman involved. The in all only this. black, the only black person. But this is why we talk. This is why we said in the beginning. I don't like any of these people. No, there is not a single not one hero person in this that I like. Except everybody in this for, is selfish and bigoted, except for Vivian's brother. That's it. He's the only one the only person that is likable throughout all of this. Because yes, Liz is a trans icon. Because again, I am fully on the side of be a part of the alphabet ma- mafia, but still do crime. But gang, Liz gang. is fucking terrible. Like yeah, Liz is a terrible fucking person. Liz, Liz is a terrible fucking person because girl, Liz, is Liz is Caitlyn Jenner. Yes. Because Liz yeah. is taking advantage of working class people yeah. and not scamming the niggas that need to be scammed. Yes. But I don't like none of the rest of y'all neither. So it's, I'm not rooting for any. I literally want all of y'all to die at this point. Like, I, I don't, I hate all of y'all. Like, there really wasn't a brother. single person that's like, not a single one of you are decent. Like, this was just an exploration into awful people doing awful things amongst right. each other. Because it's like, Liz's daughter needs therapy real fucking bad because she doesn't understand why this shit Girl, is terrible. It you know why? Because she watches Alex Jones. Why this talks shit about watching terrible. Alex Jones. Yeah. And Liz watching Alex Jones. Yeah. And also, at her big age, she doesn't understand why all this shit was fucked up and terrible. She needs a lot of therapy and like a deep programming. This motherfucker needs electroshock therapy. But the rest Uh-oh. of y'all can literally just roll over and die, except for Vivian's brother, who's the only one that I like. He's the only decent one. Um, so there, it's in the, the first week of deliberations. Everyone has obviously voted guilty, um, except for one woman named Mary Thayer. Yeah. Um, so one day, it's post-deliberations. 
Uh, Mary's husband comes to pick her up. He's grabbing her things. And Vivian is like, oh, you're forgetting Mary's coat. And he's like, that's not Mary's coat. She's like, yes, it is. She wears it every day. I see her in it. It's Mary's coat. You need to take Mary's coat. Mm-hmm. Nosy hoe. Right. Nosy hoe. All in business that don't got shit to do with you. Nothing to do with you, bitch. Um, so Velma uh, theorizes that it's somebody from Liz's camp who gave Mary the coat to not vote for Liz being guilty. Yeah. Um, apparently, Mary gets sick, right? Quote unquote sick. She's coughing. Velma's like, I've never seen her cough like that a day in her life. I don't believe shit out of Velma. No, um, Velma is ugh, a raggedy. To raggedy. be perfectly honest, I have part of me is like, you know what? I, the real scam and conspiracy of it all is Velma was pulling a Jessica Fletcher and this bitch was behind everything. Exactly. <laughs> raggedy, raggedy. Like, her kids I, are going to come uh, and find her. <laughs> I want. I hope they don't. Run up, no. (laughs) Um. So supposedly Mary was sick, and they sent her the hot to the hospital. Mary believed it was a court order from the judge for her to go to the hospital to get checked out. Yeah. Um. What it really was was she actually violent, quote unquote, voluntarily left with the bailiff to go to the doctor. Yeah. The information that was the report that was supposed to be written out was then doctored about Mary's visit to the doctor by both a nurse as well as the bailiff. The bailiff says, well, I'm not sure if I did, but if I did, I'm sure it was just to write down whatever else the doctor had to say and was allowed to keep their job. Right, right. Allowed to keep their job. That's the, it's so many times where it's just like, how are you not fired and or in jail? Like literally every single person in this story, no matter how like, big or small, is Not even because it's that bailiff, it's that reporter, the first yep. reporter that threw this shit out, the, yep. the reporter that was testifying, the fucking, the jailer that was probably walking with her and let her get her yep. feet. Like there's so many people that's like, how are you not, at How did you fired, don't care but at maximum underneath the fucking jail. They don't. They don't care about trans women. They don't care about trans people. And this is, this is something that still holds to this day. Yeah. It's like because I was talking about this earlier. How crimes against trans people are not taken seriously, are not investigated no. seriously. Just like crimes against people of color are not taken seriously, are not investigated seriously. It's always like you. You are. You said trans person, person of color, you know, whatever alternate identity that you may have that's not cis white male, mm-hmm. you're automatically at fault until you can prove to us why we need to invest unless you're a white woman accusing a trans person or person of color. Meanwhile, some unfortunate woman is getting digged down by Dick Carlson. Which is gross. <laughs> Right. Prove okay. that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I, mm. so uh, Liz is found guilty. That made my uh, vagina retreat. I can't. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> 
<laughs> there should be a slight twinge of pain in your genitalia thinking about it that. Just, like it literally tried to turn in on itself. Like, no, we don't do that. You know he be you know he fucked like he's still trying to recapture his youth. If, <laughs> I'm sure that motherfucker don't come past. I'm sure his nuts bigger than his dick and that bitch don't reach to nothing. I'm sure he gets the tip. Like you feel you if you feel anything at all, you feel the tip because that's all he gets. Yeah, and it just rubs you raw. No pleasure, yeah. only pain. Um, so yeah. Liz ends up being found guilty on 137 out of 155 charges. Yes. Um, as well as the other defendants, they were also found guilty. Each um, received, they were each facing one to 10 years in prison. Uh, December 4th, uh, Mama got her, collected her items and beat it. Yes. She said, what I'm going to do is get the fuck. How about yeah. that? She said, I'm out. Bye, y'all. Um, so Liz skips on her final sentencing. So that wraps up the, actually, that wraps up episode two and three, and we're finally at the finale, which yes. was very interesting. Yeah. Um, and very, really informative, too. Um, okay. So it uh, opens up with, one of the producers for Dick Carlson, I believe it was still through KABC, talking about how Dick thought that Liz was at a tennis tournament in La Jolla. Come to find out, he mixed his stories up. It was another trans woman who Dick decided right. to the be fact exposed. That he was, like all of you trans hoes is, is interchangeable and I'm just right. going to call whoever the fuck out whenever the fuck I feel because all of you trans hoes are all the same. It's just like, bitch, what? Because that the person who he said it was didn't even look like Liz. No, not like, all it takes fucking plans to know that that wasn't her. No. Um, so Dick ends up outing um, trans tenant player Renee Richards. Yes. Um, before transitioning, Renee was a doctor with a private practice, decided to walk away from it all in order to live a quieter and happier life um, and got into tennis, something that she's always loved. Yeah. Well, Dick brings his old raggedy ass down there and decides that he's going to do a story right then, right there about this person and then decided to inform the officials about the, uh, that the gender this person of trans and they shouldn't be playing with the women and right. all that other shit that these transphobic ass people do because in reality just say it's because you're a man and you're mad that this trans woman is doing shit better than you ever could so yes. you're trying to find that one piece of superiority that you think you have by outing them and you know what? I'm just going to put this out here. I feel some alleged unrequited feelings for trans women. Not me. I mean, for him. For him. Yeah. Oh, as, far, as far as like. No, very uh, much. He's very sexualizing much. Sexualizing. And that's the thing. It's like he's very, he was very much sexually attracted to not just Liz, but this other trans woman, the, the tennis player. And it's like, how, no, because I am a man and I'm going to, and I'm going to ruin your life because you made me question my manhood, which that doesn't make you gay if you're attracted to trans women because you're attracted to people who perform a female gender identity. That does not make you gay if you're attracted to trans women, but that's not a conversation that you niggas is ready to have. 
No. And honestly, I prefer not to have that conversation with you niggas because it would go nowhere and it would just piss me off and it would serve no purpose. Exactly. Um, We are two cisgender people here on this podcast, but we know trans people and also can we also have common sense so we can very we also just sit back and listen to their stories exactly like, it's like we all you got to do is listen people, we listen Not to hard. trans people we talk to trans people and we also have sense and we know that a lot of y'all hate disdain and just all this anger and angst that y'all have towards trans people it's really just attraction that y'all don't want to act on because y'all scared of what the people around y'all may say angela stan hmm don't Angela Stanton give you I just had a bunch of kids with these niggas. Now I'm about to go settle down with this lesbian who worked in the corrections yeah, office. Like, like I'm about to go get this stud from the UPS. <laughs> Gag. Mm. A piece by Lee Perry. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so Liz is on the run at this point, right? We talked about Renee Richards, and before Liz is like for real on the run, um, there she's standing there with Vivian, and they gave the children, uh, they gave the children an option of who they're gonna go live with, and I feel like most of the kids were like, "Mima, we're going with Liz." <laughs> so Vivian finally got what she wanted. She got it. To, she got to like be free, I guess, because Vivian was also filing for a divorce at this point. Um, yeah. So Jerry, who is Liz's granddaughter, is also introduced in now. Um, she talks about how the family moved a lot. They moved from Oklahoma to Arizona to Florida, and finally they settled in Texas. Liz starts a flower selling business because she is the ultimate entrepreneur. She is yes, Mama the said Atlas that's true. Regardless of what y'all talking about. Right, whether it's legal or not. Um, so what she ends up doing is buying flowers wholesale. And she begins to employ um, homeless men and women from around the city in order to stand out on corners and sell flowers at local intersections. Um, She talks about it being a family business, about Liz getting up at 7 a.m., getting the deal on the flowers, getting the routes picked out, um, sending people to do recruiting. Like Liz was running the show. Uh, And by this time, Vivian and Liz actually begin to have more like a sisterly relationship where they don't talk all of the time but when they do it's like they haven't missed a beat um vivian actually ends up getting remarried uh and shortly thereafter being remarried she unfortunately ends up passing from cancer yes did you see that cat photo with vivian i did i did (laughs) bitch i said what is this local mall glamour shot with your cat bitch it's everything (laughs) i said i needed one but i don't even have no cat like i just need you can do it with your baby you can dress sahara up in a cat costume bitch sahara get in nobody's nothing sahara gonna be like y'all don't get the fuck away from me like this shit is hot I break that you know, look, we put her in her trolls costume for Halloween. When I say she threw that shit at me, like y'all get this shit off me. It wasn't it's hot. that cold and she hot. put the shit off and then she still wouldn't put the head part off. <laughs> this shit off me. Uh-uh. Uh so April 5th, 1989. A episode of unresolved unresolved <laughs> what is we talking about unsolved that, that's a different mystery show it is <laughs> unresolved mystery 
Um, okay, you know what? We TV, if you try and make that a relationship show, I swear to God, I will come to you, come at you because that is my idea and I'm claiming but it right also, now. If anybody wants to do unresolved mysteries, <laughs> we are the hosts. <laughs> we will have a good unresolved mysteries out of Netflix. Y'all no. put me and everybody on a fucking on the fucking platform, bitch. Get us See, money. <laughs> like, if it's like a dating show, if like if it's like a relationship show and they got people from Love and Hip Hop on there, like I'm not doing that because it's a little. Oh no, so I would. Times. I would. I, I don't have the capacity for that. I do. Like I don't have the capacity for because it. I'll be just making jokes and shit. I I do. I'll do it. No, there'll be a moment where the shit turns real, real, real quick. And that's when I'll get the fuck it. So. I know you didn't watch Real Chance of Love. We're off subject, but whatever. Real Chance, that, whatever the fuck that shit was called. I don't even know. Last Chance, Second Chance, whatever the fuck that shit was called. But <laughs> I would be like Jocelyn at that reunion. I would say what the fuck I had to say. The second them bitches got a little too crook. I'm going to get my ass up and my gowns. and walk Wait, Jocelyn up. was at the Real Chance Jocelyn of Love Jocelyn hosted the reunion. Jocelyn and um, somebody else hosted their reunion. And every time they, they these hoes got a little too loud, Jocelyn got the fuck up and walked Oh, off. you're talking about the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bitch, I was like, wait, I thought that was Lala. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. No. You can't have Jocelyn host nothing. Oh no, she did a she did a good job. She did. She's. I mean, Miss Hernandez is who she is, but she did a good job. And every time them hoes got a little bit too loud, she got up and walked straight the fuck off. Said, "Just like y'all not paying me enough for this shit." Oh, I know. That's right. Oh, you can come <laughs> get me when they're done. She said, no, "If anyone of these hoes hit me, I'm gonna have to beat their ass." It's a wrap. <laughs> I'm gonna remove myself from this situation. That would be me. Like y'all, too, y'all a little too loud for me. Let me go stand my ass over here with my drink, and y'all figure that the fuck out. Bitch, the number of times poor Nina Parker, they put her through hell. The number of times this bitch had to run off stage for dear life. When Jocelyn was like, "Do you have a journalism degree?" <laughs> Shout out to Nina Parker for being the utmost professional and only taking the very slightest of digs. Like, oh no, we can move on. I love and respect Nina Parker. Really. When Jocelyn said something to the effect of like she was gonna beat her ass, and Nina was like, "Oh, you're gonna be yeah. lying." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Nina, what the shit? You might get your what ass beat." Parker did to get there, like, like Nina, don't sleep on Nina Parker. She's sugar and spice, but I'm sure that bitch will chop you up. She has a line with uh, at Macy's. I love her. Yeah, I've been I've been following. I've been following. I mean, it's a plus size line, so I can't necessarily fit really any of it, but I would have if I could. Because plus size at Macy's is bigger than what I wear. Oh, okay. Like I'm a big bitch, but I'm not that big of a bitch. Shout out to Nina Parker and congratulations on your clothing line. I do love you. I also don't think Nina Parker is genuinely plus size. Like I think that maybe a one X, which is that weird point where it's like you can really fit extra large, but if you wanted to fit a certain type of way, because Nina Parker looks about my size. When she first started, she was a larger she lady, was a larger woman. When she first, but so was I. Shit, but it's like. <laughs> With 
<laughs> the weight Nina Parker is now, I, I, I'm not like knocking her, like put on for the plus size girls because it's not enough options out there for them. Yeah, not enough cute options out there. People who plus size people who want to be fashionable. I wholly and totally agree with that because again, I was a plus size girl, but as it stands right now, I don't think Nina Parker's plus size. Me and her look to be about the same size. She looks. She definitely looks like she's a smaller, small, smaller, smaller woman. It just looks like she got titties, like me. Like these titties will make you bigger than whatever. But you know what? She gives fucking... fashion over plus size. But everybody's fashion over plus size. I thought their plus size were kind of small. Everything at Fashion Nova runs small. That's the thing. If you're not okay. a stick figure, everybody's Fashion Nova plus ass. If you're not a stick figure with some two big ass hams attached to the back of your scraggly ass leg. But that fit. don't even fit them right. That's what I'm saying. Like, Oh, is that why everything's low rise? Because they can't that's that why everything all the way is up. low rise or everything. Have you half your ass hanging out? Because nobody wears Fashion Nova straight size. Like, it just doesn't, it's not a thing. And yeah. I have a couple things from Fashion Nova, and I always have to buy a size or two larger than I genuinely wear because that uh-huh. shit runs so fucking small. I bought a, a hoodie dress from Fashion Nova, right? Mm-hmm. I bought it in an extra large. I wear a medium most times. Now, since I've gained a couple pounds, a large sometimes. I bought it in either an extra large or a 1X, one or the other. That bitch fits like a regular fucking hoodie. <laughs> Nothing at Fashion Nova. Run, like, I would have to buy like a 4X at Fashion Nova to get it to fit oversized because everything <laughs> Fashion Nova was small as shit. Because it's meant to only cover your pussy. <laughs> Like, this all is fucking meant for. I just pictured you in this, like, hoodie dress that really just fit like a hoodie walking around. Everybody like, why is this bitch walking around with a hoodie on with no pants? No, because I was <laughs> just fucking and free, flying in the air. Like, I put it on, and I was like, bitch, this is just a hoodie. <laughs> it just looked like I'm wearing my nigga's hoodie. Like, that's what uh-uh. it looked like. And I was like, where the fuck is the dress? Now, granted, I'm a bit tall for a woman, so I expect it to be short, but I was like, oh, I can wear it long and put, like, biker shorts and boots or whatever like that. No, nope, you can just wear it like a shirt. It's a fucking hoodie. It's not a hoodie <laughs> dress. I don't know who... Them hoes on there is four foot eleven and also had, like, massive BBLs. Like, yeah. they're not normal size people. No, not at all. Um... Okay, so it's April 5th, 1989, and on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, um, Liz's story is ran, and yeah. they're talking about how she's been on the run for the last eight to nine years. Uh, by the end of day that the episode aired, they had their first caller, um, of course. Liz is arrested. Nine years later, she spent 10 days in Texas, Waiting for extradition, they had that 10-day limit, and on the 10th day, they sent her back again to L.A. Mm -hmm. Uh, Liz ends up spending 20 hours a day in solitary confinement. She ends up doing a year. What was it? It was 18 months. 18 months, yeah. Because they Um, put this trans woman in a men's prison, and it's not fucking safe. Yeah. 
so they just keep her in solitary. They just keep her in solitary and really literally because they all they everybody tells you solitary confinement is the worst thing for anybody because it drives you to the brink of insanity. And that's when most people commit suicide. And they also cannot transition back into society after being there for longer than three weeks. Well, she spends a, a roughly about 18 months essentially in solitary confinement. She says she spends 20 hours a day there in a space that's seven feet wide and 11 feet long. She's requested to see the dentist multiple times and is denied. Um, December 15th, Liz takes a nasty fall on her back while trying to get into her bunk. And for two weeks, she can't walk. For four more weeks after that, she only goes to eat once a day so she doesn't starve because she's in so much pain. Yep. Um, Liz does recover, but she ends up up using a cane, like having to walk with a cane after. Mm -hmm. So it's 1991. Liz gets out. She catches the first thing smoking back to Austin, Texas. She sees that the business has suffered in her absence. Um, The family is not as tight as they nearly were because she is gone. Yeah. None of the bills have been paid. Uh, the property was getting foreclosed on, and Liz came back in and turned all that shit around. Yeah. Liz's home was like a ref. The way it's kind of presented by the family, I will say that, is Liz's home is presented as a refuge for people in need. Um, she was recruiting people from San Antonio, from Dallas, from Houston to yeah. all come and live on the property with her. So what would happen was you had a house set up for the sellers. Um, It was, I believe he said it was roughly about a four bedroom house. Each bedroom had four bunks in it, Um, which meaning there'll be four four people living in there. You came out, you sold from two to 10 every day. You got your 20% cut and they'd take you, pick you up from the house, take you to work, take you from work to run your errands and bring you right on back. Um, Liz is actually out in the midst of like all of this running errands. Mm-hmm. She was pick, stopping at the convenience store to pick up a couple of things. She trips over a pipe. She breaks her hip. Um, she didn't like doctors, so she decides that she's just gonna live in this wheelchair. She said, "I live here now." Mm-hmm. Um, and interesting mm-hmm. enough, going back to like Liz's history in in like mechanical kind of in like lower scam level mechanical engineering. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, she built a pulley system that helps her get herself in and out of chair. And she's roughly about 70 years old at this point. Right, right. Um, so she stops doing the route driving. She stops doing a lot more of the laborious face fronting things. And she continues to work on the back end. So roughly about year 2000, Austin, Texas, Another dickwad named Mark Lushishin. I'm going to call him Mark Conductorshin because that's what he is. Um, <laughs> journalist moves with his family to um, Austin, Texas. And he sees so many flower sellers within the square mileage on every fucking corner. The nigga's nosy, as always, because white folks are fucking nosy. So he decides that at this new job, he, this is going to be his first story. He calls a florist. And he caught about eight of them. And finally, one woman rats out about how Liz is paying taxes, how these people are undocumented, and yeah. how they really need to check more into Liz. Um, once again, it's attempting to prove not only is the business real, but is Liz Is real. Liz a woman like she says? Right. 
Because that's been the whole theme of all of this. That's it, that's what it is. It's been very much like is like it doesn't matter anything else. It's just this woman isn't a woman the way I want her to be. Yep. Um, then we get a lot of like kind of uh, white entitlement conversation coming from Liz when we see the libertarian reward said. Um, and then they, one of the women actually kind of defends the uh, uh, perspective of being trans and being libertarian and why it could be so real. It's like, okay, girl, you tried that. I appreciate your effort. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the same journalist, Mark, Mark Duncanson, um, calls John Perdoza. John Perdoza is one of the sellers and now recruiters for Liz. So Liz sends his ass out to get him to wrangle up some folks, get some people out here in these streets passing that dope because that's what they were. They were selling flowers like dope. Yep. Mark does the same shit as Dick Carlson where he takes his raggedy, no good, um, trespassing, disrespectful ass onto Liz's property. Here's the thing. He should have been shot. Because yeah. if there are no trespassing signs in a state like Texas, which is a stand on ground state, she had every right to blow his motherfucking head off. Yep, that's exactly what it was. But she did. She had every right. And I applaud her for not doing that, but I would have shot that bitch. He would have been shot because he had no reason. He was not invited, not invited on the premises and he had no reason in any way, shape, form, or fashion mm -hmm. to enter upon my property, regardless whether the gate was ajar or a uh, closed. Even if the gate was fucking a uh, gone, bitch. <laughs> it's over here because that That's it. Don't come over this bitch. Like <laughs> that's it. Well, he ends up trespassing on the property and he sees Liz and her sons in the doorway. Um, and then throughout the process of like him recalling this memory, he continues to refer to Liz as it. And this. So this really hit a nerve, like dealing with Dick Carlson and dealing with Mark um, really hit a nerve for me because I have some issues with journalists, obviously, right? What black man doesn't. Mm. Um, and this was just kind of like proof positive of the willingness to go above and beyond and like to all ends to cover the story that you want to cover, at, regardless of the cost that may be incurred upon this and using unethical tactics to do this. Like we didn't talk about, but Dick Carlson, Dick Carlson did 27 pieces on Liz, 27 yeah. and received a local Peabody. He 27 yeah. times Dick Carlson sat up and harassed this woman and referred to this trans woman more, as he and with masculine nothing pronouns. more than white audacity and male fragility, which made you continuously come after this woman until you had something that would fucking stick. Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, so the article by Mark actually comes out um, and Austin begins to turn his back on Liz, of course. So they begin to write violations against Liz in efforts to kind of get her out of town or at least get her like, to stop I'm operation. I'm going to continuously try to ruin you because I don't like the way you live your life. I don't That's like it. to present. You make me uncomfortable. So I'm going to go out of my way to ruin you as much as I possibly can. Yeah. 
well, Liz ends up um, just kind of getting fined by the city. And then they, they kind of double back after a small history lesson to um, Dick Carlson and him talking about leaving TV and working for Reagan and how he had a bulletproof briefcase and had a gun in it. And if Liz ever showed up, he was going to kill her. Um, and then we find out that Tucker Carlson is his son. And then we get a montage. Mm -hmm. We get a montage of the Carlson family transphobia. And they draw a correlation between the way that Dick Carlson has worked in his past to how Tucker Carlson works now, which proof positive, like if Tucker Carlson works the way that his father works, that means his father's a raggedy ass, no good lying ass piece of shit because we just found out Tucker Carlson is that. and has always been that. Just not in the capacity that we thought I was of before. Say, if you listen to Blacks Like Us this week, you will hear, you will hear it about Tucker Carlson and his bullshit because we talked about all of that on Blacks Like Us. Well, as a counter, as a visual counterpart, we also get a montage of like trans women talking about their experiences and, and doing things like hiking and playing tennis. Part of it, okay, y'all are going to hate this. I don't like when they make montages of women because every time they do it, it's all shaped like a tampon. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was a bunch no, of trans women. It's like, you can hike. Oh, you're a, trans? You like, can run like all day. Where it's like, you can do all these activities and you won't have leaks. Like, yeah. No, I completely understand. I, I like, thought, why do we have this tampon montage here? It, but you said it, so here we are. <laughs> no, because it looked like a tampon ad. It, it did. Looked... I definitely thought the same thing. Or oh, bitch, who invited Kotex to the party? It's like a Neutrogena commercial, a Noxzema commercial, a tampon. A Garnier Fruities. Yes, a good Calgon ad. It definitely looked like any one of those things. Yeah. Um. So we go back to Liz, and at this point, because of the broken hip, or at least we think because of the broken hip, um business also deteriorates but we think because of the broken hip that liz is getting sicker and sicker which actually does happen quite a bit mm -hmm. um come to find out liz is actually um diagnosed with melanoma yes and not just me melanoma but several forms of cancer yeah all at the same time which is and diabetes never happens that you get multiple forms of cancer at the same time bitch okay melanoma diabetes broken hip Mama scammed cancer. Like, can we just talk about that? Like, she's like, I'm going to get all the cancers. All the cancers. She just got like, she got the elderly trifecta. Shit. Um, so Liz ends up, uh, because of all of these things happening and her not being treated for it, Liz ends up bedridden and she starts sleeping more and more and the family becomes worried and it got to the point where Liz wasn't getting up and they come to find out that Liz was in diabetic shock. They took her to the hospital. Liz dies the exact same day. I believe that's 2008. 2000, yeah, eight or nine, yeah. Um, and the documentary wraps up. The most, I feel like the most important, like last note to know um, at the very end of this is Candy talks about how because of all the stolen identities that they use as children or were first forced to use as children, they aren't legal citizens. Right. I was like, God damn. Yeah. Because they never, they were never registered. They were never registered. Social security numbers. They don't, they were never registered as legal citizens. So they're genuinely not citizens. They don't have identities in this country. Nope. Also, let's not forget that 
Candy likes salad shells. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one less person, if you ask me. But as far as like anything regarding, but that also kind of tells you how they look at immigrants because ain't like nobody saying like, well, bitch, you got to get the fuck home somewhere. Exactly. Where the fuck you going to deport this hoe? <laughs> not only where you going to deport her, but she white. So you're not even going to look at that anyway. Y'all going to find nope. a way to make her a legal citizen. They need to deport this bitch back to the higher lands of Ireland. Yeah, I was about to say, there's really no place to send her to because she was born here. She just don't have no legal papers. Yeah, well, she's not a citizen. Send that bitch back to Ireland. <laughs> send her to another country that she don't have papers in? She don't have papers in? <laughs> Whose who's problem she's is that? In any fucking way. That ain't my problem. She's a citizen of the world. Go to the world. Not go to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Let the world take care of you. But that that really does speak the difference between white yeah. people who don't have citizenship versus people of color who don't have who citizenship. Don't. Because who do who even do sometimes? Let's be honest. Do sometimes, but because this was a black family in which they did the same shit, one they wouldn't have had to rock this long. No, two, you would have got the first two max three times. Yeah, and two, and not the running from the warrant. You wouldn't have got and, that. Yeah, but also bigger than that, it definitely would have been a situation where it's like, oh well, you can't stay here, so you have to figure it out. Yeah. It wouldn't have been, it was like, we're going to send you to some black place in the world and you can figure this out because it, they wouldn't have been able to stay with no, especially at that big grown ass age with no legal paperwork paperwork. of any type anywhere. That means this motherfucker went through her whole adult ass life with no ID. So no ID no capability to have credit, no education, no actual, like, no history in any way. She she has nothing. She has nothing. Like, what? Well, all right, y'all, that's what, that wraps up the Lady in the Dale, the show about everybody being horrible, except for Robert. Yep. He's the only one that was decent. Yeah, he was the only one that wasn't terrible. Only fucking one. And old man Sam. Old man Sam wasn't terrible. Yeah, old man Sam was just living his life. He was just living his life. You know, he scammed a little bit, but he wasn't trying to do all that. Yeah, I mean, a white scam is cute. Like, I mean, we've made a career. Like, our career is a scam. We Y'all listen to this. This is a fucking scam. I was about to say, bitch, I ain't a career scammer. (laughs) I'm too scared to scam. But no, because y'all listen to this shit and y'all listen to this song shit about shit y'all can watch on y'all own. This is a fucking scam, but we glad y'all here. You know, I'm glad y'all it's are listening every week. It's a fun scam. Y'all get to get some jokes, some laughs off. We get these jokes off. It's a pleasant, fun scam. If I get y'all to say brave video, statements. Y'all get a lot of cleavage. It's a fun scam. Like it's, it's, it's a gig, you know? Yeah. It's a gig. I mean, anything you call a gig is really a scam. Acting you know. is a scam recording artists is a scam all these jobs are scams but it's it's cool we like you well at least i haven't asked you niggas to put a fish hatchery in your fucking basement flood yeah, that I'm shit not, out i'm not asking y'all yeah. to do shit that y'all wasn't gonna do no way i'm not you know it's just we're out here having fun together we're scamming each other so it's all good <laughs> so speaking of speaking of scams oh, um, <laughs> uh Lauren got into a uh, a planning board for a local municipality, like a planning commission. 
And I said, bitch, how the fuck you get Wait, your ass? How? So- they, it was just like a, it's like a volunteer position that was open. So she met with a couple of higher ups, got it. I um, can't even see her even wanting to be involved in that. Like that don't even make, that doesn't compute in my head. Okay. Think about this way. Lauren loves to tell people what to do and how to get their life together. Right. I mean, yes, but also Lauren it's a perfect also place. wants to be left alone. That's why I don't understand any of this. <laughs> I told her, it was like, girl, I don't know what kind of shenanigans you pull, but you about to give these women hell. They about to have all kinds of heartache and agita indigestion fucking with you. This You're not going to let the shit go. Bitch, you can't use that color. You can't. No, none of that is appropriate. She's like, you, they done fucked up. They done Anything fucked up, girl. Her sensibilities is just not going to be. <laughs> you like, just like, she, she going to get y'all hell because if shit ain't right, she going to tell you this ain't right. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of Reality Rewind. We've done a all right almost five hour recording day. I am yeah. hot. It's been I'm a long very day. hot. Yeah. <sighs> um, you can catch us here every Friday. You can catch Blacks Like Us every Tuesday. You catch Reality Rewind every Wednesday. You click the links in our bios and see everything that we do. Boom. Also, yeah. check out all about the tea, all the drama on YouTube. Bitch, you keep talking about this. It is crazy. People are insane. Bye, y'all. People are fucking insane. Goodbye.